Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I welcome Wendy Sloan, podcast host and former TV producer. Our episode today is all about shedding light on financial darkness when divorcing. In this episode, we're going to discuss ways to be more clear financially when going through a divorce. But first, let's meet Wendy. Wendy is a former TV producer and the host and executive producer of the What's Up with Wendy celebrity show and podcast. Now she's bringing her own story and experience to Divorce Doesn't Suck and focusing on the happily ever after, after divorce. It's a podcast that highlights the possibilities and opportunities, the chance to live a fulfilled and happy life. And I'm sure Wendy's going to share more with us about who she is and all the amazing things she's doing. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. It actually gave me chills listening to that. Thank you. You're very welcome. So fun to have you on. We always enjoy talking to you. Same, same. You ladies are, you ladies are great. Thank you. So to get started, Wendy, um, share your story with us. How, how did all this start and, um, you know, lead you to where you are today? Oh, I won't go to, I won't go that far back into my life, but I'll just say that, um, I met my ex-husband in the summer of 97, got engaged in 98, got married in 99. I was 33. Um, I had my first baby at 34, my second baby at 35. And I, my, I thought that's the way life was supposed to be, right? I had my huge career. I was a TV producer for Phil Donahue and Geraldo Rivera. I'll share my little picture here. So that's Geraldo, <laughs> me, and Kato Kalen. Love it. This was, during, this was at Geraldo's house in New Jersey during the trial. Um, so yeah, lots of really good memories there and um, good moments and a lot of great pictures, but that's one of my favorites. Um, anyway, so I was, so then, and I also had a radio show with Danny Bonaducci on Big 105. Oh. And after um, I was finished with my career at Geraldo and Geraldo was, was going off the air. So that was a lot of fun. That's where I kind of got my radio background and, realized, wow, it's way easier than being a television producer as well. Um, and then, you know, my I had felt that I had kind of accomplished everything that I dreamed of as a little girl in my career. I covered really big stories. I um, had some amazing moments in television and I made the news in Colorado for covering John Bidet Ramsey. I had flown my parents, um, my dad was alive then, to one of the shows and surprised them. So they got to see me do the warm up for Phil Donahue and just, I felt that I kind of did everything I could possibly do. And all I really wanted now was to be a mom. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be a mom all along, but I wanted my career. So I felt like I did it in the right, right time frame. And so found myself meeting this guy. And I thought like, this is going to be happily ever after. And I never envisioned divorce. My parents were married for over 60 years. 
So, and isn't this the way life is supposed to be? This is the fairy tale that you dream of. You get married, you have kids, you have a house, white picket fence. I didn't have a white picket fence, but all that stuff. And, um, and everything was fine. And then we were in New York City. We, both kids were born in New York. And after 9-11, we moved to Connecticut. And I just felt I wasn't in love. That's the truth. There was no scandal. There was no anything else. I just, I just wasn't in love. And it spiraled into one heck of a financial trial. It wasn't about custody. It wasn't about the kids, but it became a financial, big part of my language hell for me. Um, and it became a business deal for him and the kids were little. So of course, you know, you're a mom and you're living in, uh, I was living in a very large house and there was no more housekeeper. There was no more help around the house. It was me and the kids and you're thrown into this crazy world of divorce. And, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anyone at the time that was going through divorce, except I, I share the story all the time. There was this one girl in my town and I sent her a message. I said, you don't know me, but I think we have something in common. And she was my first friend and the only friend because I didn't tell anyone. I kept it very hush hush because I didn't want the kids to know, obviously. And they didn't know for, they didn't know anything and mommy and daddy were going into separate houses or anything was happening. I mean, in that respect, um, for like almost two years. Mm. So, you know, life just went on and behind the scenes, everything was happening. And I didn't have a job anymore. You know, my job was being a stay-at-home mom and taking care of the kids. So financially, I didn't have any money anymore. And I used to, and I, I don't think I've shared this before publicly, I used to have to submit bills to him. Submit expenses to him. I remember I submitted them on envelopes. Like this is, you know, so-and-so's gym class. This is so-and-so's court class. This is so-and-so's dance class and the expenses. And I was getting paid that way. Not a good feeling. And I think that kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit as well. All the control, the control with money, because that's not the way it should be. I should have my, my own, it just... I think that was part of falling out of love as well. So you were, doing, you were doing that during your marriage? I was doing that during my marriage. I, and, used, to, you know, I used to have to make appointments on Saturday to talk about some kids stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, you know, he was a workaholic, but that was fine because I knew that going into it. And I would, I, you know, used to work around the clock, million, you know, news, television, you're, you're, you're on call, news stories break and you're out of there. So I understood that. And I was fine with that. I think a lot of the financial, probably now that I think about it, might have played a big part in me kind of wanting to get out and be my own person because I kind of felt that in that respect, I wasn't my own person. Well, and you're being financially controlled and that's abusive, you know? So, you know, I, I just want to ask you if you don't mind, and thank you for sharing that with us. So you handed in these envelopes to him with details on what the expenses were for. And so what did you use a credit card that you had to be reimbursed for? Or did you, are you asking him for the money to pay those expenses? Like, were you it, being yeah, well, I was using my own credit card that I had since I moved to New York city, right after graduating from college it was all on my credit card. Hmm. I never had a credit card, a marital credit card, if you want to call it that. So if you're listening, that is a red flag, red flag. If you're married and we talk about financial abuse a lot because it's one of the abuses that is, isn't really often talked about. 
you know, if you're being controlled like that, that is Wendy's really uh, sharing a, a delicate story. And many people are living like this because we have them come through our process and we hear it. So, you know, know these red flags and you know what, wanting to be financially independent is enough reason to get a divorce. Right. And, and I just want to say, he never said no. He never was like not going to pay. He never said no, but it was the way it made me feel. Right. And Wendy, I'm glad that you're saying that because many, many of our clients that come through have that very same story and somehow they feel ashamed about it and they shouldn't be, but I think they don't understand the difference between someone being a financial manager in their home and someone controlling um, in, in the way of financial abuse, right? Even if someone's a financial manager, you still should have financial autonomy in your relationship where you feel free to have your own ability to pay for things without that level of reporting, because I'm sure it wasn't, he wasn't reporting to you what he spent, right? So, you know, the, there was no balance there. And I think that's probably why you felt so diminished um, financially. And there was also like, I was always, you know, sign this, sign this, sign this. I never even knew what I was signing away half the time. I know now a lot of things I signed away, but I didn't know then. Yeah, I want to talk about that, but I want to just reiterate, bring back, bring us backwards a little bit. You, you know, you said, you know, he never said no. That is such a, a defense, you know, that you're still, you're a creature of your own habit by saying, you know, he never said no. So you're almost giving him the hall pass for, would he have said no if you just went to him without an envelope and you said, I need $3,000 to pay my credit card because it was all the kids' expenses? Now that's where the no comes in because his control could have been gone. He didn't say no because you diligently wrote everything down for him the way he wanted it. So again, another red flag. If you're saying, well, you know, he never said no, go back to what Karen's saying here. There's you, What is he spending money on? And do you have an opportunity to even say no to him to spend the money there? And again, it doesn't have to lead to divorce. You know, we have a lot of people that come through and become prepared. And then there's a symmetry of information and a reset to your financial life. And they get post-nups or they just work on the emotional part because financially they become aware. But it, it is interesting. That's the mm -hmm. darkness part. You know, we excuse yeah. the behavior because certain needs are being met. Oh, it just became a, you know, I was so mad. I, I am so madly in love with my kids. I think that I just, you know, I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, I wasn't, I was so busy in my life with them because I was so involved with them that I was, you know, then it gets to the point where I was like, mm, this is not okay. I'm not going to submit bills to you anymore. No, no. And I started saying, I need to know where the money is. I need to know what's going on. I want my own credit. When I started getting like that, things started, you know, and it was basically like, you're going to pay. We're going to, you know, and it became, by the way, and I found out later during all this that it became a business deal for him. He started setting up attorney meetings, knocking off all the attorneys so I couldn't go to them. And here I am, just get me an attorney. You know, that's why I say, take a deep breath, find out what the rules and what the laws are in your state so you are aware and don't be rushed to go through anything. I felt very pressured to get this divorce done. 
I felt, and because there was, and also there were so many people in our lives between mediators and attorneys and therapists and this and that and other thing that it was drowning me. And I really wanted to get out fast. And I wished I would have backed up and been like, no, I can't do it today. Or no, I'm taking my time. And, and, and realized that I could have taken my time and I could have been a little bit more, a little smarter, done a lot more research and had my ducks in a row better. I would have come out a lot better financially, I think. Yeah. But I was only thinking about the kids and the kids were with me and the kids were healthy and fine. And that's what mattered most. Well, you know, it's definitely an uncomfortable process. And when you finally get to the enough courage to actually initiate a divorce or go through a divorce and it's still scary. And so nobody likes to sit in that world for too long. So, you know, you can't be so hard on yourself because you knew the best you, you did the best you could at the time you were doing it. And that's, what's so great about hopping on these podcasts and sharing this information for anyone sitting at home, feeling like they're in the dark financially, or probably really connecting to what, you know, we're talking about right now, because you see it, you want to see the light at the end of the tunnel and you just love your kids more than you hate your ex-spouse. And so you just, right. So you just want to get through it. But what you're not thinking about, if you're listening is all of the professionals go home at the end of the day. And the one that settles that attorney has the least amount of work to do. So that's really good for them and they still get paid. Right. Right. So, but everybody goes home and everyone's lives move on, moves on. And then here you sit and you still love your kids as much because nothing's going to change, but you didn't protect yourself. And so yeah. that's why you have resources now to protect yourself financially. It goes a, a long way. Um, oh, yeah. Future. And, and I always said, I, back then I always said, oh, God, I want to make a difference in the divorce world. I want to help people. But I was, it was, I, it was so all over me that I, I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to do that yet. Yeah. So. I like that you said you used the word drowning. And I think that emotion or that feeling is very common because history has set the standard that if you're approaching or thinking about the divorce, the very first thing you do is hire an attorney, right? Mm-hmm. That that just seems to be the first step. However, people don't realize that the moment that happens is the moment that you're filing papers, which are pretty much irreversible. You're filling out financial affidavits. And most people um, or people who are not the financial manager have no idea what to put down. And that starts the drowning process. Oh, and those financial affidavits, my least favorite thing in the whole planet. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, and also, I didn't know where half the paperwork was. I didn't know where all, what what all the finances were. Like, you know, I knew what I, I, you know, I knew what the kids' expenses were because I bought everything for them. But as far as the rest of the stuff, I didn't, I didn't know what that was. I mean, I knew what our mortgage was. Right. And and now I wish I wasn't on that mortgage. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, geez, but you know what? The smartest thing that happened to me during that time. Well, there were several smart things that happened, but my girlfriend said, hooked me up with a really great financial person who is my financial person to this day. And they kept me very safe and Fast forward, I own a little beach house, it's free and clear, and I did it. And I'm so proud of where I am today. And that was the reason I was able to start, you know, my podcast, Divorce Doesn't Suck, last year. I was able to launch that and and feel that now I really 
I've come full circle and though the light is so bright and so happy and so peaceful that I just want everyone else to feel that and get to that place. Yeah, you can, you know, divorce does not define who we are. It's a part of our story. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a death, you know, like people, I have this debate with my daughter several times, you know, to her, it was like a death to me. It wasn't. Um, so it's interesting. And that's a whole nother podcast, but it's nice to hear that peace. You know, we all want peace and kindness in our lives. And, you know, if you're listening, I know you want to be where the three of us are right now, but you know, mine was 12 years ago. You know, Karen's was longer than that. Uh, I don't know how long yours was Karen. Oh my gosh. Almost 30, 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Years ago. <laughs> you know, so Wendy, you, you said this I was a long time ago. I got divorced in 2008. Right. Mm. So, so this is where we sit today. So there's a lot of work to do, but you know, it does matter how you start and you, it's never too late to change your relationship with money. And that's why we feel like being financially prepared and having that financial knowledge lets you take those little baby steps towards your new independent mm -hmm. life to having your own little beach place, you know, sitting there with peace in your life. That's that's mm -hmm. like the, the American dream, if you ask me, right? And you know what? It was also a struggle because I lived in an affluent town. Everybody had everything. And I didn't want my kid's life to change. So, you know... The big house went and I got, you know, a perfect house. Was it a perfect house? Okay, not really, but it was the perfect house for us. And there was where there's love, that's where home is, right? And it was in a neighbor, it was in the, it was, it was if I had to go back again, I might've looked a little bit more, but this house became available. There was no realtor. I could take it. It was a friend's house. I moved in and it worked and it was surrounded and filled with loves. And it was the happiest place to raise my kids. And, um, so that was a good thing. And I, and I tried to keep their life as hard as it was, as normal as it was before, you know, we didn't have yeah. anything that everybody had, but the kids didn't need for anything. And how I did that, I look back and I'm like, I don't know, you know, because yeah. you, you got what I'm saying. You got what I'm yeah. talking about. Right. Um, yeah. That's it, so interesting. You say that Wendy, and I remember you said a little while back. Uh, earlier in our conversation that you wished you hadn't been in such a hurry. You wish you didn't feel like it was an emergency. So I just want to pose the question to you. What if you knew that you didn't, that you could take the time to understand what you had, whether your name was on that mortgage or not, whether your name was on the deed or not, and what that meant to you, good or bad, indifferent, right? What if you were able to take the time to understand all of that and then move forward to fill out that financial affidavit and to get the understanding of how those things worked? I think that you would say now that that would have made a difference in yeah. your trajectory moving forward. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't have had to, you know, sometimes I worried. I wouldn't have had a worry. I didn't, I didn't want to go back to, I couldn't go back to being a television producer because I was raising my kids and they were involved in sports and I was very involved in their sports and being a television producer could take you away. Those, you know, that's round the clock. So that life was over for me. So what do you do now? You know, yes, you have child support, um, you know, 
and you had some alimony, but that's not enough to sustain you. And all that I could have done better if I had had the resources and I had known a lot of other things. So I made what worked, but I was, I was determined not to go back to work. So fast forward a couple of years later, I, I launched a radio show and that helped a little bit. Um, in Greenwich, it was, it was nationally syndicated for a time, but it was local. And I did, I did much better in the local world. So it was my celebrity show and that helped a little bit, you know, here and there, but I was, you know, I only went in, I only went to the studio one day a week. So, I, and it was when the kids were at school, they were, you know, older by, they were old, a little bit older. So that helped, but I was determined to stay at home and be their mother. And I didn't want to go back to work. And I know a lot of people out there have to go back to work. And their lives change, their kids' lives change, and that's that's tough. Yeah. I was fortunate in that I that I made it work with what I had that I didn't have to do that. And sometimes people that have to go back to work, sometimes it's just mentally you have to go to work. You know, yeah. what else am I doing with the rest of my life is a question, right? Like I never thought mm -hmm. I'd become an entrepreneur at age 44. You mm -hmm. know, being a financial planner and a stay-at-home mom, I never thought I was just going to open my own company. You know, right. my path led me to that. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm so thankful for because now we, we help, you know, right. people out there. But I think when you have the clarity, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, I always say it's the clarity. So if you need to go get a job, you need to go get a job to maintain the lifestyle that you want. If you want to adjust your lifestyle, go ahead and adjust your lifestyle so you can stay at home. You know, mm -hmm. you have options available to you if you understand what's at risk here for keeping or leaving on the table, what is really rightfully yours. And when you take that, whether you give it all up or not, adjust your life accordingly. I had to go, when I went back, when I went and launched my radio show, I needed that for myself, for my head and for myself, because I loved being in, I loved being the PTC, you know, involved in that and being the room mom, being the team mom for all the sports. But then I was, there came a point where I was like, I need something for Wendy now. And I need something to bring me back to not being Jake and Summer, my kid's mom. I need something to be, you know, back to just Wendy again. And so that's what the radio show did for me. And it kept me, you know, involved in, in my career and in, in that world. And that fulfilled me a lot. And that brought me a, a lot of joy too. And it, it brought me back to myself and it, it kind of went full circle when I started doing that. And that was a couple years, eight, that was like eight, nine to two years, a couple of years later that I did that. You know, financial independence is the core to confidence, you know, mm -hmm. and then fueling it with, with what you love to do it is what we all should be doing every day in our lives. And I, and I also want to say like, I went through a lot with my ex-husband, mostly financial for the, for the majority of the part. And now I look back and I say this, like, I know people are in it and it's horrible to be in it and it's tough to be in it and it's darkness and it's sleepless nights and it's painful and it's, you know, you think you're, you're going to, you're, you're swimming and you just can't get to shore, but I forgive, I forgive now and I have peace with him and, you know, we talk once in a blue moon now and you, you have to, I, I, I learned that I, I can't hold on to that. So I just want it to be out there that you just can't hold on, you know, to all that bad stuff, like let it go because it frees so much up in your, in your heart and your life. Yeah. Well, that was 15 it took years a long ago. time to, be able to say that. It took me <laughs> yeah. a long time to say that 
because yeah. I was, I was, you know, but then the, what the anger does to you, it makes you, it makes you ugly, you know, and it, and it, and it does things to your insides. Yeah. And from what I hear of your story, Wendy, it didn't happen overnight, just like you said, but it happened by you starting to say, I'm not turning in my bills anymore. It started then, right? That's the moment uh, it started. I'm guessing. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was, that was, there was a couple other things, but yeah, that was, you know, there was, yeah, I fell out of love. So that comes with, yeah. it's a little, you know, story. Yeah. Right? And you don't but, have to fall out of love to change the way you integrate with your family finances. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody would, needs to know that too. Yes. And I was never like, I never like Don, like I was a single mom. I was raising my kids. It never, I think I also had a really good um, support system in friends. So I think that helped a lot too. And I think that's really important for people. I mean, they're not going to solve your finances and they're not going to do this or whatever, but um, I made a whole, like I kept all of our traditions with them and kept, and they, they kept me grounded and safe and loved and my kids loved and that helped too. Yeah. I mean, the advert, yeah. I mean, I lost some friends during mine, but with that same regard, I gained some really good friends who are really friends, even 12 years later now. Uh, and you don't need an army of them. You know, you just need a few good ones that, you know, you can, and, and if they're not going through it, they don't really, they don't, don't really understand it. They don't, they will never understand unless you walk through our shoes. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it helps to have them. All right. So let's leave our listeners with one or two tips um, as we conclude our discussion today. So Wendy, do you want to start with that? Take deep breaths. A lot of them. Slow down. Slow down. Get your facts. Find out what the laws are in your state because they're different in every state. And know that you're you, no matter no matter what, no matter who's pushing you, no matter what, you can slow the process down so you can take clarity and time to figure out what's best for you and get the best lawyer in the planet. Not, I mean, I'm not saying the one that's the sharpest lawyer, get the, get a really good lawyer. I mean, I'm, I was foreign before I finally found my lawyer and, you know, I went through not some, not so good not not ones that didn't really have my back they just wanted the money they just wanted to win they just wanted whatever so i found someone who actually really cared about what was going to happen and who still cares about me to this day and so that's really important a really good lawyer and a really good financial person is really important and um just know that you will come out the other side yeah and and then Taking some of those steps that Wendy just mentioned means that you will avoid premature negotiations because you can't find a good lawyer if you if you don't know the complexities of your estate. And you went through several to get to one, and that's because of that. So once you present your estate in um, what well, we do it in the financial portrait form, then you know the attorney is going to rise to the occasion who cares about you because they can handle your estate, the complexities of of your estate. But most importantly for me, it is do not do any premature negotiations. Don't say you want the house and he can have the retirement accounts or you want this and he can have that or vice versa um, without knowing all the options available to you and where you need to compromise. Um, so I was, I was speaking that I was just guiding a friend through he's in mediation and 
he was like, well, I, I go, don't go in there and be angry. Don't go in there and, be, you know, just go in there and listen. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to agree to anything. Listen to what they have to say. Walk out of the room. Don't let her see you sweat. Don't let her see you get upset. Just listen. Take your time. Take the information. You don't have to say anything right then and there. It's true. So true. And you want to, you know, you want to, because, you, you know, the fight is there. Oh, and I have one more good piece of advice. Don't, you know, don't email and text your attorney every five seconds like you want to. <laughs> I mean, I know you want to, uh, you know, because that cop dined up costing me a lot of money too. Mm -hmm. Do not do that. Send it to a friend, send it in a draft, you know, keep your notes, you know, make a note maybe once a week, then you make your whole list at one time. I would, and don't let them gaslight you because they'll try to gaslight you. That's a huge word in divorce. And don't let that happen to you either, because that happened to me so much because you want to defend yourself and you want, but that's what they want. Right. They want to get under your skin. Right. That's so true. And then your attorney is forced to deal with all of those various emails. It's not like they can ignore them. Right. So my, yeah. So my tip is just take one step at a time and feel very confident in those steps before you move forward. Because if you do the work of preparation, even though it may seem tedious and and daunting. That's mm -hmm. really important work so that you know what kind of attorney to hire. You know what level of experience you need them to represent you from. And if you can figure out a way to take one step at a stop at a time and stay in that confidence and stay in that knowledge, you'll do yourself so many wonderful favors that you'll never regret. So this concludes this episode on shedding light on financial darkness when divorcing. Wendy, how can our listeners find you and learn more about you? Oh, follow me on Divorce Doesn't Suck on Instagram. Um, and I'm on every single platform that there's out there, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. So follow, share, subscribe, and um, let's keep this conversation going so we can help more people. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for a fantastic thank conversation. You. And thank you guys for what you do too, making a big difference. Thank you. If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com. For more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.